my fellow free love and thinkers. Thank you for tuning at Open Podcast. My name is Craig Transmedia from the beautiful realms of planet Earth. Today's date is Monday, October 31st, 2022. This is episode 1562, the Sanus to challenge Trump. That's the question mark, right? And stakeholder capitalism is global fascism. Before I proceed, you can find me on multiple social media sites and podcast channels. Just type in Loki Luck number three, Loki Luck Roman number three, or Loki Luck Roman number three podcast, which are three eyes, by the way. In addition, if you want to contact me, you can go to Loki Luck numbers zero three at protownbill.com. If you want to donate, you can, hit me, you can hit me at paypal.me or cash.app forward slash Loki Luck number three. Yes, it's Halloween. Woo, yep. Yeah. I was wondering how the Hellfire Caves ritual went. You know how that goes. Celtic heritage, magic, witches holiday. Some people, some Satanists call it a religious holiday today. So, um, something to look at, right? Absolutely. However, it's interesting stuff has been happening. I've been like, yo, keeping tabs what's going on. Looks like diesel shortage is occurring. Hopefully folks are paying attention. If they don't, then they're not informed. They'd rather talk about the little crap they read from People Magazine or CNN, all these old goofball mainstream garbage media. And it just, you know, it just dawns on me at times when you got these politicians using watered-down rhetoric on, on, on anti-Semitism, hate speech and all that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not crazy about it myself. But if it's only that one particular group, you know, the not the Hebrews, but the Jews. And I'm not going to go Jew bashing either, which is pretty obscene and unacceptable. But how about the other groups that consider Semites? They don't count. There's no such thing as exclusivity when it comes to Semites. That's a fact. It's not being a Nazi sympathizer or a Jew hater or anything like that, which is completely ludicrous. And I condemn that with the passion. So um, hating people for who, what their ethno background and so forth. That's collect ethno witch hunting is dangerous. All right, just to make that clear. And I was like looking at the um, one um, Christopher Henry Rose, who was arrested for trespassing. And it's pretty strange. So I was like looking through his um, in the Alchalu County, and like so he got arrested for that. And um, maybe a case could be unmerited, but I know they may use the little contest pleas on resisting arrest without violence and inappropriate hunting. I was like looking through his uh, track record, which happened a long time ago. I'm not here to throw stones at him, but um, you know how that goes. You plead no contest in one of the cases. And uh, when you think about that, pleading no contest or no contrende is equivalent to guilty. Well, it looks like it'd be adjudication with hell because suspended sentence. So they may have sponge it. But um but based on what I've exact what I got so far from the case, it's uh according to Guns of America, it was invalid. And I did um send some information to people. And Alachua County's um affirming civil rights to all residents of that county. Very similar to like um, not support the Patriot Act, but it's equivalent to his case 
if the, if they have to prove he was actually trespassing on the convey conveyance area, but he's on a public sidewalk. It's uh, county prop is public property as long as he's not obstructing by any means. So let's we'll see what the prostituting attorney has to say about that. And the case hasn't been pending yet, so um, or trial, so forth. I like to keep tabs on that because what happened was with that one particular um, I, um, subject was they had a uh, um, Alachua County um, Republican Committee function in this facility in, in that county near Gainesville, like a multi-sports complex. And, um, and of course, you know, they, it was considered a firearm-free zone, and so some of the people said, wait a minute, Governor Ryan DeSantis claimed to be pro-constitutional carry, so how come they're making this a firearm-free zone? So it was, uh, so you got people out there protesting, and they try to, and they try to do it in this free speech zone, which I just find it hysterical because I do remember in the, in the past when I was involved with the Ron Paul Ron Paul um, rallies, they tried to do that at one facility at FAU. They had people like um, some folks down there who were pro the firefighters that were against Giuliani. They had them in the baseball field. Like, no, no, that's a public. It's a public site. It's a public facility. Our state taxes are funding this school. And we actually had it on the sidewalk. At first, the bulk of police were a little bit worried. However, it got ironed out, and it worked out well. And, of course, we, I met some anarchists along the way. Somebody being real critical about Ron Paul's anti-union and this and that. So instead of getting mad, I was like, actually, hey, let's go talk to them. They're good kids, man. And, um, and I admire their input, too, because they don't want to look. They, they believe she can't look at any candidate as a lord and savior, which is absolutely correct. But we had a real good discussion. We talked about anarchism. I talked about um, Emma, Go I think it was Emma Goldman, who was uh, an anarchist, and they were like a little bit, their eyes opened up, so, um, which was pretty cool. So hopefully those uh, kids are doing well, growing up and getting and, and achieving their goals and what they studied for. I always um, admire that. So don't get mad when you have people maybe critical. Have a dis honorable discussion, because trust me, you may have differences, but you can have things in common. And I've done this multiple times. I find this very cool, all right? Because, hey, love your neighbor. That's a good thing. But, um, yeah, so I'm going to be still, still doing early voting, and I've done my thing, done my task. And I, I believe I know who's going to be, uh, I believe going to be uh, qualified to do the positions on a state, federal, and local level. And, um, but I know that one guy, Charlie Chris, he's, I've been reading stuff on the Gateway Pundit that um, Democratic funders are leaving the state of Florida. Because the problem is, um, to be honest, they're picking the same old recyclable hacks. It, it is, and, peop, and the folks in the state, for an example, aren't buying it, okay? And whoever wins, remember, you got like five candidates, you got five tickets on the ballot. Whoever wins... Don't look at them as your lord and saviors. They're your elected servants. You keep them on their toes. Make sure they do things by the book. And there are some flaws going on with Florida on, uh, um, on, on um, open records, financial reports, and so forth, which they consider to be tardy. I read, I read a thing on economics of each state. It's pretty interesting. So it's good to know these things. 
Or you gotta look at the pros and cons, how to make things better. So that's the key note. Even though you got certain people may challenge the Sanus or you know, to try to get that governor spot, examine their platform and find out what you will agree on or disagree. But the ones they agree on, you make utilize that, whoever gets in, and petition it and so forth. So it's always good to have a good unified caucus, you know, and, um, and share your ideas. But um, first, like myself, has always been try to use self-determination to the best of my abilities, not rely on the state, okay? You got people out there younger than me are on the SNAP program, and they can... And hell, they can work, so what's their excuse? Can't go around and be a peasants or slaves or anything like that. And um, I know, too, they're still doing some. I'm just wondering, they're just doing some cleanup still on the west coast of Florida. And, that, and um, I got some people I know did okay, which is good. And um, all we know, put them in your prayers and go down. If you guys give them, show a little love periodically just do it man make sure people go out there make sure people are okay and hey it's okay it's all right to board up the windows or give them a loaf of bread you know and because uh, i remember that during the time i was after hurricane andrew a bunch of us went to south dade and that's a few of the neighbors that my friend and a friend of mine was acquainted with so and they were thankful you never take things for granted i don't want people here big people bicker on all the petty crap who the hell cares but um i think i think um, West Gulf Coast, Florida would be a lot more stronger. Of course, you're going to have people out there may just leave. Remember, you can't escape. There's no utopia when it comes to natural disasters or weather. That's a fact. So, like, I remember one person had um, one ordeal. One family, married couple had an ordeal. They left South Florida because of Hurricane Andrew. Then they went up to the area in Georgia and they got flooded. Hello? And so, like I said, it's always the pros and cons wherever you're at. Make the best of it. And be neighborly wherever you go. Because one thing the global establishment hates is folks caring for one another. They want to pick pointing fingers. Once they all believe we're just a peasants in their book. And they're the king or the queen of the crops. Let's give them the big middle finger, symbolically speaking. And it's funny, too, when, um, when Justin Trudeau, the, glam, um, the globalist glam boy club of Rome hack said no no um, sales on handguns. Oh, it will make Canada safer. No, it won't. In certain cities, there'll be more robberies, murders, rapes, break-ins, even from their own government. And I like to see, I heard even one woman who was a new premier of Alberta was very disturbed and apologized to the Albertans who were non-vaccinated, what the Federation did. I believe, I'll, I'll say this, I... I remember it's been talked about years ago about secession in Alberta. I, cause I remember they tried that in Quebec. It was like skin in their teeth. It failed. But if people from Alberta want to separate from the Confederation and they can make a, a better platform to look, of liberty and self-determination, you know what? I'll support that. Yeah, I give these people in Ottawa to tell them to stick it because they, they're out of a lot of these individuals in, in these particular institutions are out of touch. Look at Washington, D.C. Look at Paris. It's nuts. And even the people out there in Paris, the people he's trying to charge in and everyone just stopped. Good amount of them just stopped and looked at them. They had their hands up and they backed off real quick. Fear is, is be, people know, people are learning the game. 
And Jefferson always said, a once said, a little rebellion now and then is good. And I agree with that, whether you like them or not. We've always got to keep these bastards on their toes. Without us, they are nothing. Plain and simple. This is why I always tell folks, without us, they're nothing. Plain and simple. This is why with the midterm elections, I expect stuff to spike up. Don't panic. Take action. That's how you do it. Think and act locally. That's not Milani's big um, store, um, chained markets every time. And it really gets me. If people haven't really learned the lessons of COVID when they did some of these shutdowns, even in Florida, Grande Sands admit it was a mistake. I seen his interview on the Epoch TV. And here's the thing a lot of small restaurants, businesses got screwed more, and the big chains got open. Typical corporatized playbook, corporatism playbook 101, right? Absolutely. So, um, you may have your kids in the back, so remember it's Halloween, you know how that goes. So they're all getting your candy and so forth. But uh, without further ado, we're going to hit a couple of articles here. And this one came from Roger Stone. This is from thehumanevents.com. It says here, uh, for, Ron, for DeSantis to challenge Trump would be a treacherous, disloyal mistake. This was Mr. Uh, Mr. Stone has to say. While many in the MAGA movement were stunned in last week's DeSantis-Christ-Florida gubernatorial debate when the Florida governor flatly refused the challenge by Democrat candidate Charlie Crist to pledge that he would fulfill all four years of a new term if re-elected, would forego challenging Donald Trump for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination was not among them. Let me be clear that I'm st strongly supporting the Governor DeSantis' re-election and think that he has found his footing in the second two years of his first term. I applaud his decision to finally lift the COVID-19 mask mandates and the aggressive efforts to stop the indoctrination of Florida public school children with sex, race, and gender dogma and lies, as well as his bold and effective leadership in the face of Hurricane Ian. I also applaud his shipping of illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard to expose the stunning hypocrisy of the ruling elite who want to flood the country with illegals but don't want them living anywhere near their mansions or playgrounds. As a 40-year practitioner in politics, I put a high premium on loyalty. Many outside of Florida may not remember that it was Donald Trump's tweeted endorsement of unknown Republican Congressman Ron DeSantis that catapulted him to the Republican gubernatorial nomination over rhino favorite agriculture commissioner Adam Putnam, who had the endorsement of all 67 Republican county chairmen, every Republican in the state, House, and Senate, and every member of the Florida Republican congressional delegation, except my friend, Representative Matt Gates. The Senate was literally polling in single digits before Trump's endorsement catapulted him to political superstardom. Even then, Trump had to return to Florida twice in the final two weeks of the 2018 campaign to literally drag the stance over the finish line in his 34,000 razor-thin victory over Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum, which he was put up by George Soros, by the way. And there's one thing I gotta say. When it comes to campaigning, I'm against outsiders trying to campaign by my state who should be elected, okay? So... 
Fortunately for me, I go by the track record and their so-called vision. Right? Among Florida elites is an open secret that Governor Sanders spurred on by his wife, Casey, who in this case is playing the role of Leah McDevitt, is planning to challenge Trump for the 2024 presidential nomination. Their lack of gratitude is stunning. The Sanders has amazed Hamas a secret war chest of over $200 million gleaned from 42 billionaires, many of them globalists, for his planned treacherous challenge to the man who made him. The governor will expend less than $50 million for his re-election, shifting the balance to a PAC that will fuel his challenge to our 45th president. Even more shocking than Ron's refusal to rule out a presidential bid was the weak, quote, deer in the headlights, unquote, response to a question that he had to know was coming. The governor looked stricken and seemed absolutely stunned before trying unsuccessfully to finesse the question of whether he would fill out the four years of the term if re-elected or whether he was using Florida as a stepping stone to a 2024 presidential bid. Given DeSantis elitist Yale-Harvard background, his support in Congress for the TTP, which will let you folks know is like NAFTA and steroids, and even a lot of de um, elected dem Democrats voted for this as well. And his warm endorsement by former governor and 2016 loser Jeb Bush. Many considered the Sunshine State have been pleasantly surprised by Ron DeSantis' bold leadership in the second two years of his governorship. That said, I wish Governor DeSantis had taken the documented problem with Florida's voters list and documented corruption in Florida's election machinery more seriously. I'm also perplexed by his failure to take action regarding Nancy Pelosi's establishment of a headquarters for her personal Gestapo, the Capitol Police, in Florida, whereby congressional authorization she has over 500 officers investigating right-wing extremism in the Sunshine State. In other words, Roger Stone is saying, DeSantis should use a Tenth Amendment stance, not just him, but even the county sheriffs should said, you talk to me first before you go investigating people or arresting too. That is the right thing to do. It should be obvious to all that I have both a 42-year friendship with President Donald Trump as well as a deep feeling and appreciation that the president had the strength and courage in an election year to both commute my draconian prison sentence and issue a full unconditional presidential pardon when I was framed by special counsel Robert Mueller in the illegitimate Russian collusion, which was a quote, hoax and subject to relentless pressure to testify falsely against President Donald Trump. Mueller wanted to use my coerced false testimony as an article of impeachment against the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln, Donald Trump. I'll let you, I want to be very clear on this. I, I am not really fond of Abraham Lincoln in a lot of areas. In my view, based on my research, he used the slaves to win a war with, to, to quote, end slavery, which he got 600,000 people died, 
and of course the burning of southern towns such as Charleston, South Carolina, and Atlanta, which I'm with the hope, like in Atlanta itself, 8% of the sea has been burnt and doesn't matter who's in there. Could we call, talk about that freedom? Absolutely not. However, I will say in my uh, personal, my own research, Abraham Lincoln got assassinated because he used interest-free money. That's what I'm going to say about that. So I will continue on. You can tell Roger Stone I disagree with that sentence. That's fine. The creation and heavy promotion of a ridiculous deep fake video in which the January 6th committee alleges that I was criticizing the president in a naked attempt to drive a wedge between us has failed. Any reasonable person who sees any of the videos coming out of the January 6th committee can see that many have been manipulated just as the committee edited out Trump's call for a, quote, patriotic and peaceful, unquote, march on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. I'm also surprised by the large number of people within our party who think that a Trump dissent ticket is possible, while the rules of the Electoral College do not specifically prohibit a presidential and vice presidential candidate coming from the same state. They would require that a Trump dissent ticket forfeit 27 Electoral College votes if the ticket carried Florida, a dangerous risk Republicans cannot take, which I agree, and plus, it is a conflict, it will conflict with the 12th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Look it up, folks, I'm not making this up. Those who believe that Trump can simply switch his legal residency back to New York or New Jersey fail to recognize that the former president will not want to be subject to the confiscatory state income tax systems in either of those states and that Trump's legal residency is permanent. As I said, in a posting on Truth Social, Gab, Telegram, and Parler, a challenge by Governor Ron DeSantis to President Trump in the 2024 will be a sending act of treachery and disloyalty. Beyond that, Trump's supremacy in the polls and DeSantis is adequate, but less than overpowering performance in the Florida gubernatorial debate show that Trump will crush a premature insurgent candidacy by DeSantis, who is being quietly egged on by, by the rhinos who are desperate to reestablish control of the GOP. I'm for DeSantis, I'm for DeSantis for governor and Trump for president. That's just an opinion. Well, you know what? And it does make some sense. Okay, a lot of sense. Because I, I can say this for a fact. I have been, I have followed this up, this, this things up when Trump endorsed Ron DeSantis. That's how he got a lot of those votes. So he's right on that area. You gotta be a little bit more strategic. Of course, people are gonna hype him, hype him up as Iron Ron and this and that. And um, just to let you folks know, I did a show about four years ago on my speaker page about the um, Ron DeSantis and Andrew Gillum gubernatorial governor's race, don't believe the hype. And I did explain some of the a good amount of fallacies that Congressman DeSantis did, which was unconstitutional. Okay, so I'll be very frank on that. Even as governor, he had a few a few um, mishaps too and things he signed, which I boldly disagree. So, um, and I you just go to my speaker page. I have a couple of shows on that, and I see this in good faith. You know, so uh, like I said, I'm not gonna blow up or lose my cool on, this thing, on these things. I don't follow hype. I just study facts. And this is in essential. 
like even know about him, about DeSantis. He is methodical. If you look at the executive orders, he's giving people a template. See, the biggest, right, even I go to social media sites, even on Telegram, they all want DeSantis. They all like they have the street poly purebred syndrome. Ron, I'll Ron DeSantis, save me. You can't do that. It only, it only works in cartoons. The people need to take the initiative on doing this on their own. You got the power. Article 1, Section 104 of the Constitution guarantees that. Not just one man, one person, or some bureaucrat. They don't count. So, um, Roger Stone, he, I, I got to respect, respect his view on that. So, um, he's right. Whether you like him or not. And in my view, he got, he got railroaded. And, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll just give you folks a... Uh, Give you folks a, a, a little a correspondence I try to send to Sheriff Gregory Tony. That was he ever informed about this raid? He didn't. He didn't respond. He didn't respond back. So you know what? If you say you're a sheriff of a county, don't you know? Don't be a sino, sheriff in name only. That's for everyone out there. He's just one example. But um, let's see what the governor's gonna do. As far as I'm concerned, I don't need global money. Because I'll let Ron DeSantis know one thing. Are you a bend over Bob to the New World Order? And don't worry, I said about Barack Obama and I bullhorn Rick Perry too. So it doesn't matter what party they're in, all right? Okay, well, I'm going to do one more here. Actually, this came from um, BobLewisonLetter.com. It was written by Brandon Smith. Yeah, good old Brandon Smith. I always like his um, commentaries. It says here, stakeholder capitalism is global fascism by another name. This is what Mr. Smith has to say. The concept of fascism was originally entered into the Encyclopedia Italiana by Italian philosopher Giovanni Gentile. Gentile, excuse me. Who said that, quote, fascism should more appropriately be called corporatism because it is a merger of state and corporate power, unquote. Benito Mussolini would take would later take credit for the quote as he had written it himself. But it's important to note because it outlines the primary purpose of the ideology rather than simply throwing the label around at people we don't like as a dishonest means to undermine their legitimacy, right? Despite the, the fact that leftists today often attack conservatives as fascists, that's a quote, because of our desire to protect national boundaries and Western heritage. The truth is that all fascism is deeply rooted in the leftist philosophies and thinkers. Remember, you got all these paper activists all parodying a bunch of beakers on parade, fascists, Nazis, and, and white supremacists. They're, just, they're, just, they're, they're like children of Crimea Rouge. Pol Pot speaks, they all listen and get hypnotized. Let that sink in. Mussolini was a longtime socialist, a member party of who greatly admired Karl Marx. A member of the party who greatly admired Karl Marx. He deviated from the socialists over their desire to remain neutral during World War I and went on to a champion a combination of socialism and nationalism, what we know as fascism. Adolf Hitler was also a socialist and admirer of Karl Marx, but much like Mussolini. It is actually hard to find where Marx and the communists and the fascists actually deviate from each other. Nationalism seems to be one of the few points of, the, of contention. Though Marx saw the existence of nation states as temporary 
to the proletariat and to the ruling class. He noted that the industrialists were erasing national boundaries anyway. Marx argued in the Communist Manifesto with some optimism. It says here, national differences and antagonism between peoples are already, sorry about that, tending to disappear more and more owing to the development of the bureaucracy, growth of free trade in a market world, and the increasing uniformity of industrial processes and the corresponding conditions of life. All right, that's what he says here. As we have seen over and over again in history, the natural progression of Marxism, communism, socialism, etc., all ultimately lead to a kind of globalism and erasure of cultural separation. Some think this is a good thing, but it's actually quite poisonous. Globalism requires an overreaching social dynamic, a single hive mind, otherwise it cannot survive. If people have the ability to choose or create better options or different options for living, then globalism loses significance. The existence of choice has to be erased and is the behavior that the political left has fully embraced. You are allowed to believe whatever you want as long as it does not conflict what they believe. It is a form of globalism that corporate elitists are actively creating. Mussolini's fascism is the root of the very corporate engineered global governance that leftists today applaud and lust after. They have more in common with fascists than they realize. That said, it is the original definition of fascism that I want to focus on here because we are seeing today is a kind of rebranding of leftist fascism as something called stakeholder capitalism is a term often used by globalists at the World Economic Forum and the head of the WEF, Klaus Schwab. Interesting, right? You gotta always got to look at that. The media-friendly um, media definition of stakeholder capitalism is a form of capitalism which companies do not optimize short-term profit for shareholders, but seek long-term value creation by considering the needs of all their stakeholders and society at large. Who are the stakeholders in the opinion of WEF, the WEF? Well, according to Claude Schraub, they are all of human civilization, of course, now and in the future. In other words, the goal of SHC is a corp uh, for, cor for corporate leaders to take responsibility for the entire world, not just their own employees, shareholders, and profits. And such leaders would not be acting as individuals. They would be acting as a collective in other words, SHC requires all major corporations to act as a single unit with a single purpose and a unified collectivist ideology, an ideology monopoly posing as separate corporate elite entities. As Kalab Schwab um, states, the most important characteristic of the stakeholder model is that the stakes of our system are now more clearly global. Economies, societies, and the environment are more closely linked to each other now than 50 years ago. The model we present here is therefore fundamentally global in nature, and the two primary stakeholders are as well. That's an interesting quote. He says here, what is once seen as externalities in national economic policy making an individual corporate decision, making will now need to be incorporated or internalized 
in the operations of every government, company, community, and individual. The planet is thus the center of the global economic system, and its health should be optimized in decisions made by all other stakeholders. Interesting, right? Oh, yeah. Talk about globalism 101. Technocracy at its finest. The SHC concept is deceptive on its face because it pretends as if corporations will be held accountable by the public within the, some form of, quote, business democracy, unquote, as if the people will have a vote on what corporations do, what the corporations do. In reality, it is corporations telling the public what is acceptable to think and do a corporation's injunction with governments using their power to hold the public accountable if people do not agree. Ironically, these same unified corporations used as the shield of, quote, private property, unquote, and business rights as it means to control society without repercussions. After all, a primary principle of conservative is private property. Thus, stepping in to disrupt corporate governance would be violating one of our own beloved ideas. It sounds like Catch-22, but is reality is really not. It's important to note that corporations are, are at their very core a socialist concept. They are created through government. Charter allow legal personhood and given special protections from the government. They are not the free market entities, and Adam Smith, the originator of the most free market ideas, stood against corporations, what he called joint stock companies, that's a quote, as destructive and prone to monopoly. As long as they receive protections from the government, Corporations should not endure the same pro private property protections as regular businesses do. They are parasitic creations alien to the natural business world. They should be dismantled. SHC is incredibly arrogant premise because it assumes that corporate leaders have the wisdom or objective intelligence to expand their role beyond business and into social and political spheres. This, this has already happened in many respects with much chaos created. But open corporate governance is the end game and it is anything but objective or benevolent. What are some examples of this kind of corporate political governance, fascism in action? That's a question. How big tech social media censorship leaning heavily against conservatives and liberty activists how about evidence of collision between big tech companies and the government? Such as the Biden administration working closely with Twitter and Facebook to actively remove voices and viewpoints they don't like? How about corporate leaders colluding to destroy conservative-based social media competitors like Parler? Corporations run by leftist globalists work together to create an ideological monopoly then censor people who stand against their beliefs. There is not much that people can do about it because if they created an alternative and it gets too big, the corporations band together to eliminate that alternative. How about ESG loans funded by corporate backers such as BlackRock or globalist nonprofits like the Rockefeller Foundation? If all corporate lenders apply ESG to their loan practices, then in order to get any loan, a person or business would have to adapt leftist social ideologies and dubious environmental claims. ESG is monetary incentives created by corporate, corporate government to keep 
all other businesses in line. If it continues, ESG will wipe out all other political organizations in the span of the single generation. And what about the Council for Inclusive Capitalism? This is a most blatant expression of open global fascism I have ever seen. With money elites and politicians working in concert with religious leaders like Pope Francis to institute a single centralized world governing platform, they aren't even trying to hide a conspiracy anymore. It is right out in the open. Schwab takes um, special care to mention often that global crisis events are the, quote, opportunity, unquote, that is needed to push the public into the arms of stakeholder capitalism, meaning he thinks that widespread fear and desperation must exist or be engineered. Perpetuate the SHC framework quickly. Obviously, the globalists are on a shrinking timeline, and it's hard to say why. More than likely, they understand to some degree that if they go too slow, the public will mount a defense and stop them. They will conjure up all kinds of distractions and scapegoats to prevent the public from hitting them back. They will aim us at Russia, they aim us at China, they aim us at useful idiots among the left. They'll aim Russia, China, and the leftists at us. They'll try to send us to war, and they'll call us insurrectionists. They will call us terrorists. They will say, we started the whole collapse. None of this matters. What matters is that the globalists at the top pay, pay the price for the harm because when the head of the snake is removed, only then we can sort out who is to blame. Who are the heroes? Who are the villains? And who are the idiots? It makes a lot of sense. One is a form of corporatism, fascism, globalism, all this quasi stuff, centralization and all that, all the same. They don't want to admit it. These faction hacks in these particular categories. Point the finger, they want us to manifest, indulge in all that. Look what the corporate media did the Donald Trump was president. My opinion made him the greatest scapegoat in presidential history. And he got a good amount of clowns that bought it. Of course, he got the worshippers think he's some god. Which that's wrong. But the haters are very are just as bad. That's why I call them cultists. But there's others out there will get will agree. Yet the man has his faults too. But making him target. That's what they do. It's called propaganda right off of everybody's playbook. And this is why you always gotta do a little more homework in these areas. Remember folks, when government knows best, it turns to crap. When you got these multinational corporations trying to dictate to others through the state, it's just as dangerous. Liberty is the key. Open free market is beautiful. It's voluntary. Not conscripted. That's what they hate. They don't want you to know these things. They all want to be dubs, dumb, stagnant, happy. Of course, Claude Schraub has this vision. Say, hey, you owe nothing and be happy. Well, they get all the goodies, right? It, I like nice things too. But um, you know what? Tell them to stick it. 
his time's coming because a lot of these people can be croaking soon. Of course, they had little offspring trying to run it, but they're more watered down, as far as I'm concerned. So don't surrender. It's all, all this being done by design. You're seeing it right in front of our eyes, not just in the United States, but the world itself. Think for yourselves. And that will be it. I'll thank you everyone for listening. Plus, feel free to download and share this throughout your social media networks. Any questions, comments, concerns, you interested in, check out whatever you do, please. Any correspondence to the quorum. For the middle of the footnotes of these articles on my page. If you want to contact me, go to lookylucknumbers03 at protemail.com. If you want to donate, go to paypal.me or cash.app forward slash lookylucknumber3. If you want to support human events or bobliebenstonletter.com, tell them Loki Look Third sent you. That would be it. Observe responsibly. Of course. Once again, thank you for your time. But always remember that the maniac resistance is healthy for the soul and can liberate humanity. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Keep on spreading love. And may your guardian spirits be with you.